The first reading is taken from Psalm chapter 36 on the large print page 872 and on the Pew Bibles page 388. 872 large print, 388 Psalm 36. Always think the easiest things to turn to your middle of the Bible and you'll pretty well find the Psalms. So starting at verse 5 to verse 10. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadows of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of, your, of delights, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Bruce. Good morning, everyone. Second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So it's page 801 in the small print and 1793. That's 1793 in the large print. 801 in the small print, 1793 in the large print. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, all. Good to see you. I I knew a preacher who who only ever preached to the left-hand side of the church. Truly, he just stood there like this, and so everybody over there just didn't get a look in, literally. (laughs) So I'm glad you're all on the left-hand side. And Clem, I'm glad you're back. I'm, uh, it's good that you didn't go to live in Jeringong with your sister and that you thought best to let us stay with Holly. I'm pleased about that. And I'm sure Holly is too. <laughs> let me pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, as we have our struggles in life, we do pray that the words this morning will bring of comfort to you, to us, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When Ruth and I first got married, um, we had to go and buy a mattress and some other um, furniture. So we went to a a shop and um, I'd come from work and I had my clerical collar on and so we went round and we bought what we uh, needed to buy. And then my brother rang me up and he said, look, we need to buy some, uh, Suzanne and I need to buy some furniture. Do you recommend anyone? I said, yes, go to this place. 
Now, my brother and I look very, look in those days, looked very much alike. So Glenn and Suzanne go to this shop and all the staff just look. What's going on with this guy? He brings in another woman and buys the same sort of furniture. What's he doing? We went back a week later and I took Ruth with me again. <laughs> and they, one of them sheepishly came to me and said, you have got a brother? I said, yes. <laughs> oh, faithfulness is important, isn't it? And that's what we're looking at, at this, this morning. How can we who have determined to follow the Lord Jesus and to give our lives to him, rely on him. Three ways I want to share with you. First of all, as we think about the scriptures, Jesus has said to us, you cannot serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so those of us who follow the Lord Jesus, we have determined that we won't follow money, that we are actually out to follow the Lord Jesus. And that works out practically. A friend of mine, um, when he was going through a difficult family time with one of his teenagers, does happen to some people, I'm told, um, but they do actually turn out nice people in the end, we find out. He was offered the job as national director of a, of a multinational company and he turned it down. A lot of money. Why did he turn it down? Because he believed that he couldn't travel around the, Australia, he needed to stay home and be with his teenage son. Priorities of family first, as we live out our Christian life. And so, what does someone like that do? What do you do? Where do you go when you say, well, I've given up an enormous amount of money or I've given up prestige or power or position? Can I rely on God in that situation? Three ways which I want to remind you from in regards to God and his faithfulness to us. First of all, the Bible tells us so. Bruce read for us Psalm 36 and verse 5 gives it to us. You, your love, O Lord, reaches the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Now just think, that psalmist writing that psalm thousands of years ago would not know what we know about our world, our universe, or the universes, or the galaxies, or whatever that we know now. And yet it still rings true. God's faithfulness extends beyond our world. And it's seen for us in us knowing the forgiveness of our sins. People might say, well, can I be sure I'm forgiven? Well, there's two parts to it. 
The first part, of course, is that we say to God, I am sorry, I've done wrong, I believe Jesus died for me. But the other side is God's character. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. So our forgiveness is based not just upon our repentance, but also upon the fact of God's character. God is a faithful God. And we are reminded of it again in regards to our eternal inheritance. We may give up a great deal in this life to live as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul wrote these words to the Thessalonian Christians. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. It is the context of being reminded that our internal inheritance is in God's hands. So the first thing is the fact that we see it in what the scriptures say to us. The second thing is in regards to God's performance. God has promised, and if he promises, he will do it. You might remember that at the time that God promised Abraham a child, he was 75 years old. And when he was 99... He was told that he would have a son within a year. Now, can you imagine Abraham for a while? And it's been like us with our prayers. There's 25 years between it. And Abraham must have been saying to God, God, when are we going to have this child? I'm getting a bit beyond this, let alone Sarah. Come on, God. When is this going to happen? And that might well be the case for us too in regards to prayer. It might be a long time in coming, but God does deliver, and we see it in the history books. For Abraham does have a son named Isaac. And he also made promises to Moses. He said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10, Now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, it didn't happen immediately, did it? It was a long and arduous task. Things did not go smoothly. Pharaoh had a stubborn heart. But sure enough, eventually, God delivered. And when... Pharaoh had a change of heart and decided he wanted the slaves back. We know that at the Red Sea, the Egyptian army was destroyed. The Israelites were freed. God had promised and God did it. Being faithful is not doing something right just once. It's doing something right 
over and over and over and over and over again. And so it is with God. Throughout the Old Testament, and many of us will recall the Old Testament lessons, where the emphasis is not on power but on God. Gideon. Gideon has a huge army. And if they'd have used the huge army to fight, they'd have all patted themselves on the back and said, well, look what we've done. Look how powerful we are. But as you know, most of them are sent home. And the lesson for the Israelites is, yes, you did it, but you did it through my power. And so it should be comforting for us when we pray to remember that God has made his promises. Our second lesson that Clem read for us has these words in 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. And yet Christ himself had his own struggles. But he sees God's faithfulness. Sometimes our prayers aren't answered the way in which we would want them answered or we expect them to be answered. Think of Jesus for a moment. He is in the garden. He knows that if he dies, he will be cut off from his father. But he knows the physical pain that he will go through. And he prays, God, please, if there is another way to do it, Please do it. And God says, no, we'll do it this way. So we might well think that Jesus' prayer wasn't answered, but he was raised from the dead. And the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus' prayer was heard because of his godliness. God chose to have his son die for us. But it was partly through Jesus' prayer that he was, re- that he was raised from the dead. And so we have our salvation. So God makes promises. The Bible tells us so, we could say. Secondly, we know he answers prayer and he brings people to salvation and provides for them. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that God is a deliverer and he does deliver. It may take him a lot longer than we want him to take, but he does deliver. And the last thing is just to reflect upon his character in regards to human beings' character. First of all, he is from everlasting. We came into existence. He was always there. We grow old. Some of us do. I haven't grown old now. God never grows old. 
His life doesn't wax or wane. He doesn't get new powers or lose powers like we do. Unlike us, he doesn't have to develop. He doesn't get weaker or stronger or wiser as time goes on. He has always been perfect and he will always be perfect. And part of his perfectness is his faithfulness. He never becomes less faithful. There are times when our, in our lives that it's not really easy. And we might wonder, is God faithful? And our trust in him may be sorely tried. Cherished plans may have been thwarted. Friends that we may have relied upon might betray us. Dark clouds might, for a time, seemingly hide God from us. But the God we serve, that we have decided to follow, rather than money or power or prestige, is forever faithful. When I and Ruth and I went on beach mission, one of the beach mission leaders, the house parents, had this habit of teaching us a verse for the whole beach mission. And he must have thought we weren't very bright, which probably is true. And he would teach us just a little bit of the verse each day and we would have to parrot fashion say it back to him. It was actually quite an extraordinary educational technique because this particular verse still sits in my mind. And when Ruth and I went through some very difficult things, we actually used to recite it to one another. And it does speak to us about God's care. It comes from Lamentations 3... 22 and 23, you might know it. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful. And may I encourage you with these words from Hebrews. Let us hold unswerving to the hope we profess, for he who promises is faithful. God promises, God performs, and God provides. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, each one of us has our issues about either ourselves or a loved one, a friend, a work situation, things in our church, things in our world. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are our Father and that you are even more perfect than our Dad, for you are perfect. 
And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can turn our minds back to you and to look what you have done in the past and with comfort and confidence look forward to what you will do in the future. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.